Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope they got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Kaminga will bring it up. That's going to be that. And the Warriors are still alive. The defending champions down three games to one. Come away with a victory. The clock will run out. The Warriors win 121 to 106. And more questions. More thoughts as we head back to L.A. for Game 6 on Friday night. Yeah, the Warriors survive tonight inside Chase Center, a game they led by as many as 18. Looked like they were going to turn it into a blowout a couple of different times, but the Lakers kept hanging around, lingering, hanging around. It felt like it was a 10- to 12-point game throughout a majority of the second half. Warriors would push it up to 16. Lakers would come back, but the Warriors with more than enough to – get the victory big second quarter 38 31 and a big first half with the Warriors putting 70 on the board the offense came to life for Golden State as we welcome the inside Warriors wrap up here tonight on 95.7 the game it's John Dickinson coming to you from Harmonic Brewing in Thrive City right outside of Chase Center uh, crowd on hand and enjoying a few brews and celebrating this Warriors victory 121 to 106 the final as you heard the call there from Tim Roy right here on 957 the game 888-957-9570-888-957-9570 that is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text here we're going to keep this thing going all the way until midnight tonight as we have done following all of these 7 p.m. playoff starts for the Warriors and the Warriors have a shot back in LA on Friday night back at crypto.com arena and they're going to have to win a road playoff game in a series for a 29th consecutive time to stay alive but they've got a shot because they held serve and were able to win tonight uh, by 15. A lot of different things to get into the Warriors uh, I thought tonight great job of sticking with what worked in game four in Los Angeles and not panicking not feeling that they had to do anything dramatically different in terms of the rotation or who was going to be able to get minutes. Gary Payton II in the Warriors starting lineup worked in game four. The Warriors got a lot of good shots. He got a lot of pick and roll buckets early in the game. His defense uh, is game changing when, when he's on the floor and that part wasn't broke for the Warriors on Monday night down in Los Angeles. So the Warriors stuck with Gary Payton II in the starting lineup. He ends up being a game-high plus 25. He scored 13 points and just a, a tremendous impact on the game both ways for GP2. Where things changed for the Warriors was they had somebody else other than Steph Curry step up and help carry the scoring load. They hit 11 threes in the first half. That helps uh, as well when you're able to do that. Now, Steph Curry still hasn't found his three-point shot. Klay Thompson didn't 
find his three-point shot, but the Warriors in the first quarter of this game had six different players make a three. Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Gary Payton II, and Moses Moody each made threes. Moody made a pair in the first quarter. The Warriors were hot in the first half. The offense was rolling. Lakers, it was kind of an open gym-style game for them, the early regular season feel before they made all the trades. I did think the Lakers were trying to coast a little bit in this game tonight and just see if they could hang around with their offense long enough to try and put a defensive imprint on it and maybe try to lock the Warriors down uh, in Game 5. But the Warriors were, were getting off offensively patient, few too many turnovers, especially early. Those tapered off as the game went on. You had Steph Curry again in complete control. And the Warriors, uh, finally some secondary scoring. And this was a a big-time performance from Draymond Green tonight as he goes for 20. Andrew Wiggins pitches in 25. 10 of 18, a very aggressive Drew Wiggins offensively as he took the second most amount of shots on the Warriors roster in this game after Stephen Curry. He goes 10 for 18 and puts in 25 points. And and the Warriors much needed Andrew Wiggins to be able to put an offensive imprint on, on this game. Draymond was attacking. Draymond was looking to score. He hit that three early and was really getting after it in the lane as well as Draymond Green winds up 6 of 9. He got to the on twos, got to the free throw line, hit the three, and Draymond Green just played like a man possessed in this game. Tom Izzo for Michigan State, his college head coach in the house, and Draymond was playing like a guy that wanted to impress Coach Izzo with the way he uh, was able to, to really just impact things both ways. The Warriors were running. The pace was tremendous for Golden State. They pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed some more. And again, very much a comfortable offensive-type flow to this thing both ways. Lakers were able to hang around. Warriors only up four after one, but then a 38-31 second quarter, and the game by the end of the half with the Warriors able to go on a little run to close the half, 16-5 to after the Lakers had tied it at 54 late in the second quarter. I thought that was the key to the ball game where the Warriors gained separation in double digits that they would not relinquish the rest of the way uh, as the Warriors found themselves from that 54-54 tie into what would ultimately be a 70-59 to lead at the half. Uh, you got Darvin Ham taking shots at Steve Kerr in his television interview on TNT with Chris Haynes at the quarter break after one and, and heading into the second quarter saying the Lakers don't teach flopping. A shot back at Coach Kerr for talking about how the Lakers have been flopping around and trying to buy some calls uh, in this one. You have your nightly Anthony Davis injury scare. And uh, we want to make sure we're we're tactful and appropriate on this. It was a legitimate one as he got hit in the face by Kavon Looney in the game. Didn't come back. And there were varying degrees of report on Anthony Davis uh, as Chris Haynes was all over this for TNT and Bleacher Report. Uh, Davis, the latest on him is that he has avoided a concussion, according to Chris Haynes, doing much better now. Darvin Ham mentioned as much in his postgame press conference as well, but it had been reported prior to that in the fourth quarter. Davis had kind of gone to the tunnel behind the Lakers bench and was experiencing some dizziness. And so he had been in a wheelchair, I guess, at one point 
uh, because of some of that dizziness. And, and look, concussion-like symptoms are, are nothing to mess around with at all. I know Draymond Green had mentioned the fact that after he got hit in Game 4, he was able to finish the game and didn't exude any symptoms during the game, but wound up having to go through the NBA's version of the concussion protocol where they put you through a bunch of tests. I know Draymond had mentioned that on his podcast. So it's, it's no joke and obviously a, a real thing. And so with Davis exuding some symptoms, it was something that I think definitely would be newsworthy coming off of this game with the quick turnaround, one day off in between Game 5 and Game 6 in Los Angeles, and then another day between Game 6 and Game 7. I mean, if he became symptomatic and or remained symptomatic and will probably still have to go through the concussion test that Draymond had to go through in between Game 4 and Game 5, uh, that could potentially put his status in doubt for a Game 6 or a Game 7. But the early reports are, and again, I'm going with Chris Haynes and his reporting here via Twitter, uh, Chris Haynes reporting that the early diagnosis indicates Davis appears to have avoided a concussion. So good news on that front. Uh, don't want to see him be unable to play or anything like that in a Game 6 or if this series, as the Warriors are hoping, can go to a Game 7. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up here tonight with John Dickinson from Harmonic Brewing in Thrive City. Warriors win 121-106. to 106. Uh, let's get it going on the phone lines at 888-957-9570. Alex in San Francisco is going to get us tipped off here tonight on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Alex. Hey, John. Thanks for uh, picking me up. You know what? The Warriors absolutely crush it tonight. Uh, Jordan Poole being like plus minus zero. But if you look at the whole starting lineup, they absolutely they slaughtered it tonight. Like, Gary Payton was absolutely a game-changer being plus-minus 25. That's incredible. So, Dubs uh, go down to L.A. They win by five points in L.A., and they come back and win it in San Francisco. So, thanks for taking my call, and uh, go Dubs. All right, appreciate the call, Alex. Yeah, just so many more positive contributions up and down the roster for the Warriors in this game uh, as you look at it. Jordan Poole didn't play great tonight in his 23 minutes, but he didn't kill the Warriors tonight. And I thought his performance was much more in line with some of the performances we saw from him in the Sacramento series where he wasn't great, especially in in Game 5 and in Game 7 necessarily, but he did enough to buy enough time to where the Warriors can rest their other players that they want to have out there with regularity and not completely wreck the game in the process. And so Poole still doesn't have his three going. He's one of six, but he was able to hit a couple of shots from two. And again, no turnovers tonight. He had four assists. He kind of kept the ball moving and tried to stay out of the way for the most part. And that's exactly what the Warriors need because the Warriors do not have the luxury of being able to completely go away from Jordan Poole. Steve Kerr did it in the second half of game four, and it's something you can play maybe once or twice a series. But with the Warriors now having to win three consecutive games, one of which they have down, you got you can't just play six. You know, you, you can you can have six you trust, but you still gotta probably play eight, even nine. And we saw the Warriors roll basically with nine tonight. You're still gonna need some minutes from Poole. 
You're still going to need some minutes from Dante DiVincenzo. Kevon Looney was much more impactful in this game tonight. Four offensive boards to go with four defensive boards. He was commanding things as well with his screen setting. I know there's been a lot of conversation about the screen setting in this series. Uh, back and forth with the, the Lakers thinking the Warriors are maybe getting away with some illegal screens. There's been some illegal screens called where Steve Kerr had said, hey, I think the Lakers are flopping. You got Darvin Ham punching back on that. But uh, the Warriors just, just getting much more capable and playable performance. You don't have to play great, but you can't be awful or completely unplayable. And the Warriors tonight got enough from Poole, a much more positive game from Looney. Moses Moody knocked down two huge three-point shots for his six points and only played ten minutes. But, again, a steady ten minutes from Moses Moody. We talked about GP2 and his ability to really be a two-way force, get into the bucket and get some easy ones. He knocked down a corner three, plus 25. And how about Andrew Wiggins? A much more aggressive Andrew Wiggins along for the ride with Steph Curry. Clay Thompson didn't have a great night shooting it, but this was one of the steadier Clay Thompson defensive games, and the Warriors are going to need him to make some shots, obviously, if they're going to go back to L.A. where it's going to be a lot more difficult. But the Warriors took advantage of what the Lakers presented them with tonight. It was a much more loosely played game. The Warriors' offense allowed the defense to relax a little bit and not have the game just be so so tight and and constricted uh, to where it felt like the Warriors just were scratching for every single bucket they were getting tonight. Much more flow. I think the Warriors would take that if they could play tonight's style of game in L.A., but for whatever reason, the Warriors just don't make shots in L.A., which is a Friday problem. But as happy as everybody is tonight that the Warriors are able to get the win in this one, it's a problem that's going to come quick, fast, and in a hurry with the one day off in between the next couple of games. Galileo in Fremont is next. 888-957-9570. Hey, Galileo, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up with J.D., Hey, J.D., just coming home from the game, my word, that was outstanding. I love the burst to close the first half. Curry, hip-hop to his right with a 3-11-point lead, second biggest lead. That was just outstanding, the burst to close the half. Similarly to how the Lakers had the burst to close the end of the first half, I think it was two games ago when we had three techs in a flagrant. Yeah, 30-8 run at the end of the, you know, going back. But, yeah, the the Lakers had a a run right there that that basically put them up uh, close to double digits. And at that point it was like, uh uh-oh, this is a a big-time problem for the Warriors. Yeah. Thanks, Galileo. Yeah, finish it. Go ahead, ahead, Galileo. You can finish up. Uh, Yeah, another thing I liked, like you mentioned, the flow was good. It was rhythmic. I think the crowd had a factor. They were doing good energy. And also, I really want to point out a lot of late-game bailout shots. Draymond had a jumper. Curry hit one. Uh, besides the halftime one, just like end of the shot clock, we need a shot, boom. And we were actually connecting on those. Yeah, and they're going to need those, Galileo, and thanks for the call. The Warriors are going to need to hit some of those late shot clock, nothing going, you know, bailout shots, as, as you call them, and I think it's exactly right. The Warriors hit a bunch of those tonight. The Lakers were pretty comfortable for good chunks of this game offensively. I think that's one thing that I sort of thought, hey, this doesn't necessarily bode well, but the flow was was such and the pace was such and the Warriors' offensive rhythm was such that I think the Warriors 
could get away with it being a much more loosely played game. It kind of felt there, though, in the first half as the Warriors built the lead and then lost the lead when it was tied at 54 as if, uh uh-oh, if the Warriors have a prolonged cold spell and the Lakers keep rolling offensively at the rate that they're rolling, the Warriors may find themselves down six or eight, and that would be trouble because the Lakers, I felt, were really kind of trying to coast, seeing how far their offense could get them in this game. Could it get them close enough to the finish line and then maybe allow their defense to pick up some of the slack as things got going down the stretch. But the Warriors were able to avoid that, and they were really able to avoid it with the run there at the end of the quarter. The 16-5 first-half close, game was tied at 54, and the Warriors made a lot of tough shots. The Lakers made some tough shots uh, as well. You know, Clay Thompson hit a big three late there to make it 67-59. And then the Warriors got the three ball from Steph Curry to close it at 38-31 and 70-59 to uh, at the end of the quarter. And look, Wiggins had 16 at the half. Draymond had 14 at the half. Curry had 12. It just tonight was not a night where it felt like Curry had to do everything in terms of the scoring. And, and look, he didn't shoot it great overall, at least his three. He was really good at attacking. I thought tonight anytime Steph Curry had Austin Reeves on him, Anytime he got Reeves on him, he looked to put a move on him and get his head down and try and get toward the basket, which I think is something that that needs to be a factor if the Lakers are going to stick with these scenarios where Reeves is going to be one of the guys to allow others to, to kind of switch and try to double and trap the, the, the pick and roll game. Warriors stuck with the pick and roll. Wiggins got involved in, in some pick and roll tonight as well, which I think allowed him to get cooking uh, but Wiggins was much more aggressive and I think we're going to have to see that aggressiveness but also that level of shot making from Andrew Wiggins 8 of 13 on twos for Andrew Wiggins in this game tonight that's what we're going to need uh, to see if the Warriors are going to survive and advance one more time to force the game seven right back here inside Chase Center on what would be Sunday afternoon Mother's Day afternoon 12:30 tip off if necessary, Warriors, though, have to survive L.A. They haven't been able to, to win there, and they haven't been able to finish there. Played well in stretches, but just not enough shot-making for the Warriors, and down the stretch in Game 4 crushed them to a point where it is the difference. It is still the reason why the Warriors uh, trail in this series three games to two as opposed to maybe being up in this in this series three games to two. 8 at 8 Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It is John Dickinson here on Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game as the Warriors inch closer, trying to rally from three one down. Warriors one twenty one, Lakers one oh six in a game that felt tight. Uh, felt a little tight. You know, every time the Lakers were only down by ten, it was like, oh boy, the Warriors are going to have to keep answering. But the Warriors had every answer. Uh, in this ball game tonight to allow themselves to prevail and get the win. Most points in any half of this year's playoffs. Uh, the Warriors go for 70 in the first half of this one. The last time the Warriors had 70 in any half of a playoff game, you go back to 78 in the second half against Memphis in this round, going back to last year's playoffs in 2022 70 in the first half you go back to the game at the Clippers where Kevin Durant was going off four years ago in Los Angeles so the Warriors can put points up on the board in crypto used to be Staples Center but 
they've had a tougher time doing it for whatever reason when the Lakers floor and lighting is down. Andrew Wiggins, fourth 20-point game of his 2023 playoffs. I think this is the best game Andrew Wiggins has played in the playoffs. Uh, forget about the sack series, and he had some moments in that series. He, But th- this was the best game of the playoffs. Fourth one with 20, most impactful 20, and 25 for Wiggins uh, in this one. Great, great stuff from Andrew Wiggins tonight uh, as the Warriors just a much more effortless type game offensively, and that's what they're going to need. And I think another part of this thing for Golden State is the fact that they've been able to make Anthony Davis and make LeBron James work. Now, Davis ended up only with 32 minutes. I think he would have been closer to 40 had he not had the evaluation for a head injury that, that kept him out and the dizziness and some of those things. But but LeBron and and Anthony Davis, the Warriors made him work. LeBron played 39 minutes. They were working at least offensively. They weren't really working as much defensively tonight. And so the game stayed close enough to where the Lakers, up until really the final three minutes, decided that they were going to hang around and put some pressure on the Warriors. I felt that going back and forth for both teams tonight, just the fact that they were both trying to make sure that they took a pound of flesh physically to lead back to game six. And I got the impression the Lakers didn't totally want to go full bore on the defensive side wanted to just kind of hang around like they were doing for a good chunk of the night, save some of that energy on the defensive side, but also put pressure on the Warriors to have to make sure they really had to work, not have it be a complete and utter blowout to where they'd get to rest players and line things up for Friday. So I think both teams in their own way can make the case that as far as heading toward Friday, each took their pound of flesh in terms of the the physicality and, and the up and down play. But the Warriors have to, I think, especially like how fast the game was played. Uh, in this one, and they're going to need to run, 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 and run some more down in Southern California Friday night. All right, back to the phones we go. 888-957-9570, secret sauce of the game coming up here in just a few. But Junior in East Palo Alto is next on Warriors wrap-up following this big Warriors win. What's going on, Junior? Hello? What's going on, Junior? Yeah, you're on the air, man. Okay, so pretty much, um, like I was saying, uh, I think Wiggins deserves so much credit. Uh, I give Wiggins a lot of credit, and I also give uh, Draymond a lot of credit because of the work that they put in. Okay, um, so pretty much, um, like I was saying, uh, I think Wiggins deserves so much credit. Uh, I give. All right, th- thanks, Junior. Junior trying to listen to his phone call on his radio. Thanks, man. Yeah, Wiggins deserves all the credit, and Draymond deserves a lot of credit. And we've seen Draymond able to take advantage of the way defenses play him to the tune of being able to get into the paint and get layups and even draw fouls. And tonight he made his free throws, five of five. Uh, that's the kind of aggressive Draymond that the Warriors are going to have to have if they're going to pull this thing off and get it back to chase for a Sunday afternoon game here at 1230 uh, in game seven. Like they're going to need more of that and they're going to need Wiggins. And yes, so credit to them. They stepped in, they stepped up, but The bigger question as we start to separate, and and look, everybody can be happy, but the Warriors still have work to do. It's the fact that how does what the Warriors did tonight translate? Because I do think both teams probably leave tonight thinking, all right, we're good, right? The Warriors are good because they survived. They played much better offensively. I think the Lakers are good because they didn't get blown out. 
They were very comfortable offensively in the game. I think they would probably take the, the, the game that they had tonight for the most part offensively. But you look at that in comparison to game four and some of the games that the Lakers have won in this series, the free throws. So the two games the Warriors have won, the free throws have basically been even. And the three games that the Lakers have won, they've had a much more significant advantage in terms of free throws. So the Lakers had a decent offensive game and shot the two pretty well, 10 to 27 on three, but they didn't get the free throws, and that's another big key, I think, to this one. Warriors didn't foul them, and then the free throws were even, and the Warriors, when the game is even like that and the Lakers aren't getting those extra points at the line, then the Warriors are pretty tough to beat in this series. All right, next up we go to Rich in Fremont. What's going on, Rich? What's up, J.D.? Thanks for taking my call. I think this game was pretty much what I call the wounded animal analogy. In other words, when you have a wounded animal and he's cornered, okay, all of a sudden the wounded animal is going to do whatever he can do to stay alive. And I think the Warriors were that wounded animal. They were cornered. It was 3-1. to They knew, hey, if we don't come out fighting, if we don't do what we're supposed to do, then guess what? We're done. And they knew that. So what they do? They rally as a team tonight. Tonight was team basketball. And that's something they haven't done, in my opinion, all season. But they did tonight. In other words, you got guys contributing from all aspects of, of, of their team. And that's what you want to see. That's the reason why they got the win. And by the way, I tip my hat to Jordan Poole. He didn't have a lot of minutes, but when he was in there, he contributed. And yes, Wiggins definitely deserves, you know, definitely all the accolades for tonight's performance. Amazing. And, and, and at the end of the day, I tell you something, if I'm the Lakers, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, hey, you got to close them out Friday night. Because if you don't close them out Friday night, you got a major problem. You got a championship team with championship DMA taking you back home. And you know what that means? It doesn't mean a guaranteed win for the Lakers. It means, hey, guess what? No doubt. That could go either way. Thanks, J.D. No, I appreciate it, Rich. I, I, look, I, I think the Warriors have shown in this series – that they can do enough offensively in in Chase Center when they're home to beat the Lakers, even if the Lakers are playing pretty well themselves offensively. To me, that's the difference. The difference is the Warriors at home in this series have done can do enough scoring to beat the Lakers. The difference is, and this is where I agree with you, Rich, as far as game six and it being kind of the all-in game for the Lakers and no it doesn't mean if the Warriors win game six that game seven's an automatic but I feel great about the Warriors chances to win game seven and I said that coming in to game five tonight I said it on our Warriors weekly podcast I recorded this morning with Matt Steinmetz I said hey I'm feeling good if I'm the Warriors about the two home games assuming you can play two home games being down 3-1 and now the Warriors have checked one box it goes back to L.A. for Friday night, and all of the pressure is now on the Lakers because the specter of the Warriors being a different team in this building, and I know the Lakers won a higher-scoring game in Game 1, and that's not to say they couldn't do it again if the Warriors don't play well, but the specter of the Warriors just hitting a few more of those dagger shots and having a few more offensive contributors, having the game be a little bit faster-paced, maybe the free throws are evened, uh, as they've been in two of the three games in this building, they've been evened, uh, and the Warriors have won both of those games. That means you better get it done if you're L.A. Friday night. 
that that's your shot. And I always say this in a in a playoff series for the team that's in the Lakers position, the team that begins the series without the home court advantage. I, I always I always put it this way. The best thing and and the goal for every team that enters the series without a home court advantage, the goal for them is to set up game six at home with a chance to end the series. Like you 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 have pitched a perfect series in a lot of ways. If you're the team that starts without home court, you steal one of those first two, you win three and four, and you set yourself up for game six, close out on your home floor. But you better get it done. If you're going to take a shot at the champ, you better not miss. And the Lakers' shot to end and win this series is Friday night. Because that's where the Warriors have not been able to, in this series, do enough offensively. They get impatient. They get frustrated. They don't make shots. They don't make the most of their their good play when they when they do play effectively. The Lakers have hit them with these quick runs to to make the game even and and I think make the game a slog to where the Warriors feel like they got to climb uphill all over again. And the Warriors broke in Game Three in the second quarter, and the Lakers blew them out. And then you go to Game Four in the fourth quarter. And the Lakers come back, and they make it a close game, and the Warriors can't hit anything. They don't execute some bad possessions in those final two minutes, even though the Warriors probably did enough on both ends to steal that game uh, in game four. And so that's the, show. That's the, that's the series. Like that's, that's, This series is not a lock, but the Lakers' shot is Friday. And if they miss, the Warriors become the favorite to win this series in Game 7. So it's it's fragile, and it looked bleak, and it's only been done 13 times out of 290 or whatever the heck it is, or 277 or whatever it was we created on Warriors Live. But that's, that's the goal if you're that team without the home court to be able to have a shot to close it out on your home floor. And so we'll see what happens. We'll see if the Warriors can be a team on the road in this series that they haven't been able to be to this point we'll see if they can play game four all over again because that's what they're going to have to do the Warriors are going to have to play game four all over again only hit a few more shots over the course of the game to where it's not tight down the stretch or they're going to have to execute and hit a couple of shots late in the game to where they hold the Lakers off when the Lakers inevitably make their run JK in Berkeley next here on Warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game 8 at 8 9 hey JK Hey, how are you? Uh, really appreciate I'm being on the well. call today. I'm driving back from the game right now, and uh, we had an epic experience. I just got a couple of uh, quick. My wife's favorite player is Wiggy, and Wiggy got off tonight. My favorite player is Draymond, and he kicked butt. And so that's how it went. Uh, you know, I read the Chronicle this morning, and I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a little frustrated. All this negative talk, negative talk about Kerr. Kerr is a stud. Six out of eight finals in the last eight years? What do you want? Poole, love the guy. The Warriors, I mean, Steph, these guys are phenomenal. Yeah, Clay's having a tough series, but I love the guy. I just, the Bay Area, we are so lucky. We're going to go down to L.A. this weekend or Friday and rip those guys to bits. And Mother's Day, hey, Mom, guess what? You're getting a gift. It's a, seven, it's a game seven win. God bless the Warriors. I love these guys. JK, thanks, man. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of lot of Mother's Day brunches 
if the Warriors can pull off Friday night that are going to be including the Warriors game at a game seven at that. Be a lot of a lot of brunches that are going to be either ten o'clock in the morning and done by noon or starting at at three thirty in the afternoon after the game or hell again just including the game. Uh, my, my mom will be watching if, if that winds up happening. There's there's no question about it. Uh, but yeah, it's a matter of can the Warriors bring and can Draymond specifically can Draymond bring that again like you you can't slow down the freight train that is Draymond Green when he's on an on one like he was on one tonight but can he do it again can he do it again on the road with the Warriors on the brink again Terry in San Jose Warriors wrap up hey Terry yeah hey JD thanks for taking my call uh, driving home from the game with my son, had a great time, obviously. Awesome. And I just wanted to say that in Game 3, when the Warriors took a double-digit lead, an 11-point lead in the second quarter, and Warriors had no answers offensively. Game 4, same thing, 12-point lead in the third quarter, Lakers make a run, Warriors have no answers. Tonight was the first night that every time – the Lakers would make their run, and they made a few. The, the Warriors finally had answers. Offensively, they get a bucket from somebody and just keep the Lakers uh, behind. And that was the difference in the game. I also thought that it was good that, uh, in particularly, LeBron and, and Davis played up until, I know it was two minutes or so, when they, when they called everybody off and played some heavier minutes uh, with the short turnaround and, and Davis's uh, – uh, injury history and and LeBron getting up there in age that might bode well for the Warriors on Friday so hopefully they can carry over some of those answers in a couple days and, and we'll have a game seven on Sunday thanks for the call Terry appreciate it glad you enjoyed the game with uh, your son that's awesome and it was an excellent point the Warriors did have answers tonight very different story and never really let the Lakers in the second half have a ton of life. I think the Lakers got it down to nine in the second half briefly, but the Warriors would hit a bucket every time it felt like, okay, this thing's getting a little dicey, and it was hanging. Again, any prolonged Warriors scoring drought tonight, and this game was going to be within a couple of possessions, and Chase Center was going to be huffing and puffing a little bit and and sucking air, thinking, uh uh-oh, uh, you know, are, is the same thing that maybe has happened in a couple of those games on the road. Yeah, game three and game four, the Warriors had their chances. There's no doubt. I mean, they had the 11-point lead and were controlling things, and it and it looked like they were, had figured the Lakers out some. But again, prolonged scoring droughts have allowed the Lakers to to come back in some of these games, and then and then once the Warriors lose it, they just haven't been able to get it back, and they lost it right before halftime in game three, and they lost it in the fourth quarter of game four. And really only the final maybe two or three minutes of game four. But they just didn't hit enough shots early. And things were kind of ugly. And it just the game was just a slog in Los Angeles. And tonight wasn't. Tonight was flow and open and pace and ball movement and tempo and all, all those things. Like it just was just a much more aesthetically pleasing to the Warriors kind of a game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, Much more aesthetically pleasing kind of game for the Warriors uh, tonight compared to the games 
in L.A., and I think that allowed for them to, to have those answers that, that, that Terry was talking about. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Filmo Mike is next here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Filmo? Let me, let me take a little sip here, man, as I'm, as I'm coughing uh, on 95.7. What's going on, my man? How you doing tonight? Cheers to you, brother. Oh man, I'm I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm happy we got the win. Extended extended our season. Um, I love how the Warriors early on they did play with pace, but on a couple of possessions when they normally kind of like think they're on a flurry. I think GP two could have shot up a shot. He pulled it out. Curry could have shot up the shot within the same possession, and they slowed it down, pulled it out. So they was doing a great job of picking their times when they could go hard and when they couldn't, but ultimately they kept the pace up. Like they were running back down their butt a lot. You feel me? Like they'll get the rebound. And then I said this a couple days ago, all the time you don't got to foul. They did a great job of not fouling. You could take the ball out the rim and push it up the court right back. Even though they scored, you play good D don't foul them. No. Also, uh, real quick, Draymond played excellent ball tonight. Van Gundy always talking about Draymond, how he, he's complaining. And, but we never mention at times when the superstars complain and they don't get the whistle because why? They're superstars. So I'm sick of Van Gundy always pointing out Draymond Green. Well, Draymond Green is complaining. Superstars complain all day and get the foul just because they're quote-unquote superstars. So I'm sick of that, and I love Draymond's fight. It's true. If they everybody else talking, don't tell me to shut up. Everybody else is talking too. Thanks, Philmo. 888-957-9570. The Warriors were more patient, more disciplined, I thought, at different points, offensively and defensively in this game, and it, and it paid off. And, yeah, bottle it up, Dre. Fly Tom Izzo in the, in the private jet down to crypto Friday night, whatever it is. Uh, again, bottle it up and be ready at 7 o'clock Pacific coming up two nights from now. Damon and Walnut Creek next on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Damon. Hey, yeah, I uh, I flew in for the game today from Utah. I go to college there, and I was just so hyped for this Game 5 win. I thought Draymond did spectacular, and so did Wiggins. We finally saw him kind of spring out. I know Clay was kind of slacking with 10 points, but, you know, I expect a great Game 6 from him. And I have to also give it up to Looney. I was sitting right behind his parents. It was a pretty awesome experience. I got to talk to them after the game, and, it's just been such a great postseason for Looney. His rebounding has been awesome. And I, I just, you know, have the highest expectations for them going into game six. I think they can, they can pull it out and we'll have a game seven on Sunday. So I'm really excited for it. Thanks, Damon. Be safe, my man, if you're heading back to, to Utah uh, here after the big game five. Yeah, Kevon Looney was back tonight, 20 minutes. And this is not going to be a 30-minute-a-night Looney series. But he was, and it makes me think that maybe the illness was much more of a thing for the last couple of games because Looney was an effective player in game four. I know you go back to game two and Jermichael Green got the start and Looney was going to be unable to play a lot of minutes and then they kind of went away from him in game three, which made sense. Didn't play a lot, but was effective in game four. And and this isn't going to be a heavy Looney uh, time, but you need a backup center. And I think Kevon Looney is able to give you more than Jamichael Green 
at this point. And, like, they got their one game out of Jermichael Green. He hit some threes. He helped them. Lakers made the adjustment. Didn't work in game three. And now you're off of Jermichael Green for the remainder of, of this series. But you need a backup center. And so if Looney's not going to start and they're going to stick with GP2, and, yeah, you're going to stick with GP2 in the starting lineup because that worked. It worked now in each of the last couple of games in setting up the Warriors with chances to win. So you still need 15, 20 minutes from Loon. And Loon gave him a couple extra possessions with the boards. His screens were really good tonight. Some of the assist game was good. He was playing uh, position defense at a high level with a couple of steals and had a block shot. And so, again, not a high-volume Looney, but you're looking for playables. And the Warriors trust Kevon Looney. And so Kevon Looney's somebody that can be out there on the floor because you can't play only six or seven. And you got to have somebody spell Draymond for the time that he isn't going to be out there, and Kavan was able to do that tonight. All right, one more here before the top of the hour break. 888-957-9570. Got a couple of phone lines open. John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Warriors 121, Lakers 106. I'm coming to you right outside of Chase Center, Harmonic Brewing. And we're doing Warriors Wrap-Up, and we're keeping things going all the way until midnight tonight here on 95.7 The Game. All right, back to the phones. Brian in San Francisco is next. Hey, Brian. Guys. I, um, I'm just reporting that I was sitting behind the bench and watching Jordan Poole the whole game. Okay. And if, if we're going to do anything, we're probably going to have to do it without Jordan Poole because his body language was horrible. Every time out, he wouldn't join the huddle. He would be on the outskirts with his hands in his pocket. Um, I, I saw Iggy go up to him and talk to him, and uh, Iggy kind of threw his hand at Jordan's face, kind of like, I'm done with you. And um, he was looking at the Warrior girls. He was looking in the audience. He was talking to the rookie, but he was always on the outskirts. And then Zaza went up to him and had him told him that he's, I guess, playing the last two minutes or the garbage time. And he almost didn't want to take off his shirt. He slowly took it off. He didn't want to take off his warm-ups. And he was just like, man, the whole game he was like that. He just wouldn't. When he, did, he was unhappy, very unhappy, and you can see it. Everyone could see it. All right, thanks for the call, and, and appreciate the, the report on that. He may not be happy. And, and, look, I don't know if he is or he isn't, and, and I don't want to infer too much. It, it would make a lot of sense if he wasn't happy, but the Warriors can take what they got from Poole tonight on the court and live with it and get through this series and move on to the next one. And at this point – you know, whether he's happy or not happy or, or, or whatever it is or wants out or they want him out or he's coming back. Like, none of that stuff matters right now. What matters is can you get enough from him to win game six and force a game seven, then can you get enough of him at a game seven to win to win the series back here on, on Sunday. And so all of those things, I think, if, if true, and we don't know they are, although, again, it, at this point it wouldn't be hard to believe, uh, if he gives them what he gave him tonight, and doesn't wreck the game, they got a shot to win the series. And if they've got a shot to win the series, again, that's all that matters at the end of the day. And the rest of it, as far as where he's at and where the team is and all this other stuff and roles and young play, like all of that's going to get sorted out in the offseason. It's just a matter of when is that offseason going to begin. And if you're the Warriors, you want to make that as far out as possible. All right, secret sauce of the game. Why did the Warriors win or lose? It's brought to you by Proposition Chicken. This chicken goes three ways, fried, flipped, and fake. Now available nine Bay Area locations. Or you can order at propositionchicken.com. And the secret sauce of the game tonight for the Warriors, uh, Andrew Wiggins. 
Andrew Wiggins, getting a little more offensively from him, and really everybody pitching in offensively for the Warriors. Draymond Green, got to make him part of the secret sauce, going for 20 points, 10 boards, 4 assists, attacking the basket. Andrew Wiggins was much more aggressive in this game tonight, uh, and, and we're going to make it Wiggins, Draymond, and Peyton, who in this game combined to score 58 points. That's the secret sauce. The Warriors needed somebody to step up and help Steph Curry, and they got it threefold in this game from Draymond Wiggins and Gary Payton II to the tune of 58 points for those three, and the flow of the game was much better, and the Warriors are able to comfortably, uh, not, not easily, but comfortably, keep the Warriors at bay throughout the second half and win this one 121 to 106 that your secret sauce of the game proposition chicken again order now nine Bay Area locations or at propositionchicken.com all right we'll pause here we'll come back 888-957-9570 couple of lines open Comcast business text line as well as the Warriors win over the Lakers forcing a game six right here 95.7 the game call from mom answer it call silenced Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Curry will go one-on-one with Walker with three, with two, backs up into a three, it's up, and good! At the buzzer! Golden State will take an 11-point lead into the locker room at halftime. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, one of Steph Curry's three three three-pointers, three of 11, so Steph's still not quite in sync with the three-point shot. But he finishes with 27 points, got it done from two, commanded the game, only two turnovers, and the Warriors were up 70-59 to 59 at that point. Going into the break, it capped a 38-point second quarter, and the Warriors would not quite put it on cruise control, but had enough of a cushion to prevent it from getting too dicey down the stretch here. Warriors 121, Lakers 106, back here at Harmonic Brewing, right outside Chase Center, here on the Bay Patio tonight. Following game five, Warriors 
trail the Lakers three games to two with game six to be played back in L.A. on Friday night. 888-957-9570. Let's get back to the phones, and that means Al in Alameda up first here this segment, top of the 11 o'clock hour. What's going on, Al? Thank you for taking my call. Hey, um, my first take here right now is, uh, you know, when AD uh, got, uh, I don't know, some kind of injury there, okay, I don't know, four or five minutes left, you know, they were only down, I think, by 12 points. And I don't know if they just threw a towel for him and say, look, you know, sit down, we'll, we'll take this to the next game. You know, he, I'm, he wasn't really that, to me, he wasn't that serious about injury. Okay, and they just, it seems like you say, okay, you might lose this game or not, okay, just sit down. seems like he was tired also, and, and also uh, LeBron James. They, I think they got uh, the felt like, oh, we're not going to win this game, and that's why they said, okay, get him out here now, okay, we, we're going to give him a rest and give him a towel for him. And, and also, I noticed uh, Clay and Kerry never had that real game yet, not yet. And I'm expecting them to show up the next game. And if that happens, watch out. We go home on 7th here in, in Chase. I mean, that would, be, that would be real nice. It would be like a repeat of, what, 2015 against OKC. So right now, I think the pressure is with the Lakers the next game. If they don't close that out, watch out. Um, you know, here we go again. Thank you very much for taking my call. Thanks for the call, Al. Look, Anthony Davis, I do think, was legitimately not feeling well. I know it had been reported he was in a wheelchair. I think part of the reason he was in the wheelchair was because of dizziness. I know Chris Haynes had reported that. And then Haynes had reported that it looks like he's avoided a concussion. I know dizziness and all of that, inability to, to stand, uh, that, that can be considered concussion-like symptoms. And, and as we mentioned here, earlier the fact that Draymond Green had gone through on his podcast after game four and detailed all of the different things that he had to do and go through in the concussion protocol to to be cleared to play over the last couple of days. Now, he didn't reach a point where he had to come out of the game on Monday night in L.A., but when Draymond took that shot to the head, he ended up having to try to, you know, to, to go through a process. And so, it's an extensive one. I think the early signs, again, according to the Haynes report, uh, although the dizziness and all of that would be something that I think would at least require further evaluation, it's definitely good news. Uh, I don't want to say it wasn't legitimate what Davis was going through, uh, to, to be perfectly honest. And if he was dizzy and couldn't stand and they wanted to put him on a wheelchair to, to get him to the locker room or whatever, I mean, so be it. Like, I, I know we're – in a day and age where people want to come down somebody's road and it's, you know, who's reporting for on what side. And I know there's been some other things with Chris where I know Warrior fans have gotten a little annoyed uh, as far as, like, kind of thinking that, that he's only reporting the Lakers side of things, which, you know, Haynes is one of the best in the business. I'm, I, I will say that. Uh, and, and so I, I don't think there was necessarily an embellishment there, but the Lakers did very quickly post game let everybody know that they didn't think it was that serious. And I think part of that is the fact that, you know, you don't want to, if you're the Lakers, put things in the hands of the league as far as the concussion protocol. So I'm glad Anthony Davis is feeling better. And after being dizzy and maybe needing a wheelchair, we'll see what the evaluation looks like here moving moving forward. Uh, Josue in Fremont, 
next year on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Josue. Hey, J.D., hope you're enjoying your brewski over at the brewery. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm having a Kolsch right now, Josue. I am. Cheers to those on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, appreciate uh, Jimmy and everybody here at Harmonic. So what, what, what's on your mind tonight? <laughs> a few things, but I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, man. Um, uh, the kind of a hopeful takeaway from this game, uh, I hope AD's okay, and I hope he plays in game six. But... You know, before his injury, you know, I think a caller just said, we were up 12 before he got injured, and he was playing well. That was good. That was like the first time he was playing well, and we were leading. So that was kind of a nice sign and a nice change of pace. And secondly, I know uh, Steph Curry was cooking Austin Reeves one-on-one when we were kind of trading baskets and they were trying to make a push. I think in crunch time, I don't know if that'll be Austin Reed guarding him in game six. I don't know if they'll put LeBron on him or, or how they'll decide to guard him. But I wanted to ask you, did you notice uh, Braun tweak his foot on one of like his layup putbacks? And I wasn't, I wasn't sure if he was now then moving more gingerly after that injury or, if, you know, in fact, they were just kind of taking their foot off the brake and coasting a little bit on defense. And I wanted to see what you thought about that. No, thanks for the call. I, I hadn't noticed that. And the one thing I will say on that note, Josue, is when you look at the injury report, and I'm, I'm going back and looking at the injury report, both Davis and LeBron have just perpetually been on the injury report with foot soreness. And so when you look at it, uh, yeah, he, he's been, you know, that's something. So he, they've both been dealing with it, I, I guess, uh, at this point. And so... You know, to have him maybe – they're always every night on the injury report and then they come up as probable and then, you know, an hour and a half, hour before the game or whatever, the Lakers put out a tweet that says, hey, they're both playing, which obviously everybody knows they're both playing because because they're both fine and it's the playoffs and, and all of that. So that's something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm not sure if Darvin Ham was asked about it in their postgame press conference. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But – uh, yeah, that's it's definitely something to keep an eye on for both of those guys, as you know they both have dealt with foot issues throughout the course of this season. They've both missed time with foot issues, and they're both older players, and they're both having to play at an extremely high level to to help guide the Warriors or the Lakers rather through this series to to potentially beat uh, the Warriors a, as well. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight. 957-9570. It's John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. We'll go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, coming up here in just a second. But first, we want to get to our Extending the Three-Point Line uh, sponsor, uh, brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. And uh, here's our longest three-pointer of the game. Dennis Schroeder, back where he missed, and the Warriors don't get the rebound. Russell gets it to Reeves. Dribble drive. Reeves goes up. Blocked by Clay Thompson. Peyton hands the ball to Curry. Curry drifting. It's five on four. I don't know if Curry knows that. He'll find Draymond. Back to Curry. Corner three. Got it! Corner three there and good. And that is your longest three-pointer of the night here on 95.7 The Game. It's brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. Successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Visit westcoastmenshealth.com. That three-pointer getting the job done for the Warriors in this one. And uh, that, again, brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. 
One of 13 three-pointers for the Warriors. 11 in the first half. The Warriors only made two in the second half. And they're going to need more hot shooting. They're, they're going to need better than the 13 to 35, I think, in L.A. on Friday night if they're going to walk out of Crypto.com Arena with a victory in that one. Phil in San Jose next, 888-957-9570. Hey, Phil. Hey, thanks for taking my, my call. You got it, my man. What's on your mind? You there? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yep, I got you. You know what, man? A couple things. A couple things. I, you know what? I love the pace the Warriors had last game. I think they came out of the gate, like, just full throttle. And, and you can tell it affected the Lakers. They were gassed. Like, LeBron was gassed. You know, his age is getting to him, obviously, when it comes to that. And, and he can't move around as quick as these guys can. But I think, I think the Warriors need to keep that pace. They need to bring that, back that pace from last game. Right out the gate, they got to find their shots most definitely. They got to play warrior ball and, and find those long balls. And, uh, you know, the last thing, we just got to get rid of the turnovers. I know everything I'm saying is self explanatory, but I think we can do it in seven, man. If we are able to find and fix these issues, I think the Warriors can do this in seven. I can see that happening. Yeah, thanks for the call. I think the Warriors have to run, 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 and run some more. And, and the Lakers did show some signs tonight while they were coasting, even at being a little bit gassed. Now, their offense was still unaffected, but I think the Warriors would trade some defense to keep their offense flowing at the level that it was flowing at tonight and maybe even with a little little more in the three-point make department as far as at least the second half because the Warriors cooled off in the second half in a, in a big-time way. And so, yeah, I think the Lakers are probably happy with this game and the way that they played and getting out of it, assuming Anthony Davis is healthy. But the Warriors have to keep their, their foot on the pedal, uh, I, I think, uh, in, in, a, in a big way here. All right, uh, let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he met with the media in the Bill King interview room following Game 5. Warriors end up winning it by 15, and here's the head coach of the Warriors. Besides, obviously, just providing another score on the floor, when Draymond is aggressive like that on offense, what does that do for your team? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a stat somewhere. Raymond's got it for sure. You know, when he scores a certain number of points, we usually win. Um, you know, he's uh, when when he's aggressive like that, looking to attack, it it definitely adds another dimension to our team. And I I loved his approach uh, to the game tonight. He was aggressive right from the start. Picked up a foul on the first play and didn't didn't care like made no bones about it he's like i'm i'm coming i'm coming and and um, i thought he was one of the keys for sure he stayed with peyton obviously in the starting lineup but he's i think he's plus 25 in this game what does he do for you specifically against the lakers that's kind of triggering some of this well i mean he's gary's a game changer and we knew that last year i mean we don't win the championship without gary and uh so to get him back has completely changed our defense and um, you know against uh, against these guys he's got the ability to to get into their guards they have great guard play with with D'Lo and Reeves and Schroeder obviously Walker last game uh, played so well so Gary gives us uh, uh, you know someone who can get underneath uh, their ball handlers and and at least uh, make them you know have to work and um, and then offensively he's so unique with his speed and um, his ability to finish around the rim so it's just uh, we're we're a different team, you know. When now that now that he's back with us, 
Hey, Steve, kind of circling back to Kendra's note on aggression, what does an ag aggressive Andrew Wiggins do for you guys offensively? Yeah, this was the best game Wiggs has played since he's been back, you know, over, I guess, three, three weeks or so now. The way he attacked, the way he got to the rim, that adds another dimension to our attack. I, I thought the last couple games, uh, we didn't get to the line a ton. Um, we uh, we settled for a lot of a lot of stuff, and I, I thought Wiggs did a good job of, um, of really being aggressive. Steph has 22 assists the last two games. Obviously, hasn't shot well from three by his standards. But how essential has that been, his sort of playmaking? And how much is that a function of the way the Lakers are defending you guys? Uh, yeah, it's um, it's a little of both. I mean, you know, I think Steph at this point in his career, he, he really feels, you know, what needs to, to, to happen during a game, what's required of him. And uh, you saw it in game seven against Sacramento where he just he knew he had to score, he took 38 shots. Uh, in this series, um, you know, the, the Lakers' defense is um, is really good. They're great at the rim. We've got to get the ball moving. We've got to move their defense around, and Steph understands that. And uh, I don't know what his assist-to-turnover to ratio is in this series, but uh, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. Hey, Steve. Um, you saw Draymond say on his pod, all we have to do is win one game, and then the entire tenor of the series changes, and the right. pressure is back on the Lakers. Obviously, every t single time you guys have gone to the playoffs, basically, you know, since the big three has been together, you guys have reached the finals. Is there always a belief, like no matter what situation you guys are in, just because of that, that you guys can get through at all? Yeah, yeah, I think um, there, there's always that belief uh, based on, you know, the, the success these guys have had and uh, the confidence they've built up together, the continuity. So, um, you know, I think our guys were, were disappointed. We couldn't wrap up game four after playing pretty well for most of the game. Uh, but now we get another crack uh, to, to go down there and, and uh, you know, try to even up the series. So the guys will always have have belief that's just that's who they are Steve there was a sequence in the fourth quarter where Andrew was picking up LeBron almost full court not the ball away it wound up with Draymond blocking Anthony Davis just kind of take me through that sequence and what's it like to see their defense lead to offense on the other side you know Wiggs uh, we, we ask so much of him defensively in, in any playoff series um, he's going to end up on you know the opponent's uh, best wing player so in this series that's obviously LeBron and um you know, thank God we've got Wiggs because he, um, you know, he can can play all night. He can pressure up the court. Um, he can he can guard in the half court and and um, stay in front of people. And on that particular play, he picked up uh, LeBron really high, and um, and then Draymond was behind the play to help him out. So it's a big sequence. Clay Thompson had 10 points tonight, 3 of 12 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, but he's plus 16 on 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 tonight. So can you kind of just Tell me your take, your perspective on how Clay played tonight. Do you think it was a really good Clay performance, or do you yeah. think you you need more for Game Six? No, I mean it's it's you know the the thing with Clay is um, he's an incredible two way basketball player, and that's what wins in the playoffs. Um, shooting comes and goes, even even for the best. But if you can defend, uh, which Clay obviously can do. Uh, then you can uh, help a team win a playoff game, and and uh, in Clay's case, uh, a lot of playoff games. And um, so the, the the great thing is um, we know uh, Clay's due uh, for a good shooting night. But whether 
whether it comes or not. We, we know his defense is going to impact the game, as you said, plus 16 in 37 minutes. So he's doing a great job out there. Steve, AD's obviously had a huge impact on the series. You guys end up with 50 points in the paint tonight, um, pulled him away a little bit. How did you feel about handling that impact? And, and are there times when, as great as he is, that, that you guys need to be more aggressive at the rim? Seems like there's just a lot of, a lot of playing through. Yeah, I mean, he's so good that you, you have to try to move him around. And, um, you know, they did some different things tonight. They started switching more on pick and rolls. Um, but, um, you know, Davis is, is a guy that you've, you've got to find the right balance. You have to uh, respect his presence at the rim, but you also can't shy away from it. You know, so you got to understand if, if you have an angle to, uh, to attack, you got to take it. Um, and if he's there waiting and... Um, you know, that's a great time to make a jump stop and, you know, swing the ball to the other side. And um, I thought our guys did a, a pretty good job of navigating that tonight. You, you mentioned the, the need to, to move them around, move him around defensively. Um, also, obviously, the pick and roll has been an effective strategy in this series. They switch to, as you mentioned. Um, how do you balance um, wanting to move them around with your traditional motion stuff with, you know, obviously, uh, I guess, going heavier pick and roll? Well, that's uh, that's sort of the the game, you know, for us in the playoffs is uh, we we traditionally um, play a lot more pick and roll in the playoffs, and um, we didn't go as as heavy tonight on that as we did in game uh, four. Um, but you know, it's always a blend. A, a lot of what we do is you know after the pick and roll. So if I mean, if Cle if Steph doesn't have a shot. Uh, it's the movement that results uh, from uh, moving the defense around, and maybe the ball swings and Clay gets a gets a jumper or Jordan or you know Wiggs. So it's still uh, whatever you do, whether it's motion offense or pick and roll, you're still just trying to get a reaction and, and draw two defenders and and then move the ball. And if our spacing is good and we're making good decisions, then um, we can be effective either way. Steve, you guys were obviously one loss away from elimination, but. With Draymond, you've said this to me the other night. You were saying that when you get when he doesn't play well, and you guys lose. He always comes back. Tonight, did you know? Did you anticipate this was going to come from him early on? I mean, did you see it beforehand, or did you sense it? Uh, I think um, you just expect it in a situation like this, where you're facing elimination. Draymond is one of the great competitors I've ever been around, so you just expect him to bring it. I didn't. I didn't say anything to him. He, he doesn't need any. Any pep talks from me, that's for sure. Um, Steve, to, to follow up with that, um, it, great energy today, and it's, it's been tough to bottle that up and, and, then, and then take that down to L.A. But in, in this case, do you think, well, not do you think, but in your coaching strategy, would you pull Draymond aside and talk about his, you know, how great he did today and just kind of replicate that for game six? I think um, that's what coaching is about. It's not just uh, drawing up plays or figuring out a, a, the strategy it's just communication and um, you know whatever I feel a player needs to hear whether it's from me or somebody on our staff then um, we try to make sure we communicate that and um, Draymond and I have we've known each other nine years now so um, we have a good feel for each other and and uh, I think we see the game in a very similar manner and um, we talk all the time this is a I say it a lot you know, this is a collaboration and um, a lot of times in film sessions um, you know the players will speak up and we'll make a decision based on how they feel and um, that's how this works so um, we gotta we gotta make sure we keep keep that connection going. 
speaking of what guys need to hear, what did, what did Jordan Poole need to hear after the last game and sort of how he came back in this one? I'm not sure what he needed to hear. I think what, what Jordan knows is that our guys support him. Our guys love him. Um, coaches, teammates, um, he's, uh, he's a great young guy. Everybody loves uh, being around him. He's had a lot of success, and this year has been up and down. And So his teammates just want to know, want him to know that um, – they're there for him, and uh, that's that's what it's about. I thought he was he was uh, much more aggressive and and under control tonight. No turnovers. He really looked to to score and get get his shot going. He, you know, he, he looked a lot more like himself tonight, and um, I think all the guys are are happy to see that because we know he's capable of of so much. And again, tonight was passable for Jordan Pools. We welcome you back inside. Warriors wrap up here. Harmonic Brewing outside Chase Center. Warriors get the win. Warriors can deal with tonight's game from Jordan Poole a couple of more times. Now, you'd sure love to have him be more efficient in scoring and and it be a pool party. <laughs> I think Warrior fans would love that. Uh, but you can live with tonight as he continues to, to kind of figure it out. Uh, a couple other just quick things here. The pick and roll balance. Uh, Warriors didn't do it as much, but they weren't afraid to do it as well. And when they did it, they really were able to, to get their offense flowing. I think trying to save some of that, not give the Lakers too much of, a, of, of an adjustment to make before game six is part of the equation there. And, and how big was Moses Moody? Uh, definitely think that needs to be pointed out. His ability to thrive and, and, and be an impact player, not only in this series through five games, but the last six games of the Kings series as well. Moody was impactful. And I'm going to just give a quick hat tip to Moody for being able to be effective while playing limited minutes because that's been the ticket to his success that others, whether it's been Jordan Poole at times or Dante DiVincenzo at times or Jonathan Kaminga especially at times, none of those three have really shown the ability to be as effective in limited minutes. Moses Moody has shown that ability, and that's why Moses Moody maybe has been more productive more consistently than any of those other players in the playoffs that I've mentioned. And so that is just mature and on point, and it's how a dude who didn't really play well in the regular season when he got opportunities becomes a, a key rotation member in a, in a playoff series. So big-time hat tip to Moses Moody for being a pro at the age of 20. All right, we'll come back. Uh, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. More postgame sound. We do have a couple of lines open. I will get to some messages via text on the Comcast Business text line as the Warriors win 121-106. to 106. Game 6 Friday night, right here, 95.7 The Game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.
Russell dribbled it, lost it, turnover, picked up by Draymond Green. Down the left side, Davis on his hip, goes up, no good. Jam home, Wiggins, right over the top with a dunk. Timeout, L.A. Tell you what, if I'm Anthony Davis, I'm looking around even at LeBron going, anybody going to help me? 25-7 run, 79-61 Warriors here in game five. All right, that would be the Warriors' largest lead of the night, 18 at 79-61. Back here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95-7 The Game. Harmonic Brewing outside Chase Center and Thrive City, 888-957-9570. We're going to keep this thing rolling for about another 20, 21 minutes here on 95-7 The Game as the Warriors get the win in Game 5, 121-106. to Game 6 in L.A., on Friday night, 7 o'clock tip, 6 o'clock Warriors Live. I will be in Los Angeles at Crypto.com Arena for that one as the Warriors try to even things up and force a Game 7, which, if necessary, is right back here at Chase Center, and it's going to be on Sunday afternoon at 12.30. All right, uh, let's go ahead and hear a little bit from Draymond Green as he met with the media in his post-game press conference, we hope to also hear from Andrew Wiggins between now and midnight as the Warriors get the win. And Draymond, hugely impactful in this one. 20 points, 10 boards, 4 assists, had a block, had a couple of steals, and he was just everywhere. Plus 13 in his 29 minutes, and uh, he talked about the win here following the game. You went on your pod. You were real calm. You said, all we have to do is win one game. We win one game. The whole tenor of the series switches. The pressure's on them then. They do not want to face us in game seven. How have you been able to just basically every time you guys have been to the playoffs, you guys reach the finals. You've never lost to a Western Conference uh, opponent. Mm -hmm. How have you been able to sort of channel that confidence um, and just have such a deep belief regardless of what you guys have faced? Well, I think, um, number one, we have a coach who's one of the greatest winners in NBA history. And you lean on him in situations like this, uh, his calmness. Everyone feels that. And then it starts up top, right? Steph's calmness. And, and, and it goes on down the line. And I think for us, um, you know, anytime it's kind of going astray, you just always lean back on what you know that works on your foundation. And for us, uh, it's, it's just getting back to the basics, but most importantly, competing at the highest level that we can compete at. And, um, you know, we, we trust and believe in ourselves. And as far as, um, you know, win one, we did that. Now, you know, going back home, they're going to give us the best shot they've given all series. And, you know, when you go home, role players play better. Everyone plays better at home. So it's going to be us to go in kind of with the same mindset that we went into game four with. But when we get the opportunity again that we had in game four, close the deal. Uh, we didn't close well at all in game four. And, you know, it's on us to go in, and take the game. They're not going to give it to us. Uh, they're going to come out and play aggressive. They have great leaders over there and incredible winners. Their coach is a champion. Bronze a champion. AD's a champion. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to just fold, but it's going to be on us to go in there and take it. Draymond, you came out just seeming like a little extra fiery today. You know that guys feed off that energy. Um, did you make a point to set a tone, or did you feel like that was on you to set a tone early, especially scoring? <clears throat> I definitely um, wanted to come out and set a tone. Jacob Rubin told me before uh, the game, like, 
you've played well, but I still haven't felt your presence like I know you can feel, like you, your presence should be felt. And, you know, that's coming out aggressive, both ends of the floor, that's verbally, uh, so everyone hears you on the floor. And I felt a little disrespected when he said it. So, you know, I knew it was on me to come out and, like you said, set the tone for our guys, come out aggressive. <laughs> Season's on the line, back against the wall. You got to come out and give all that you got. And that was just my mindset coming into this game, and that'll be my mindset going into the next one. And Draymond, you, you definitely had one of your better games tonight, and you've said before before heading to L.A., you know, you got to just focus and, and stay the course. But how do you bottle this energy for you as the last two games in L.A. have not been your best? I mean, just go out with the same mindset. Uh, aggressive on both sides of the floor, attacking. You know, I think for me, that was my mindset from the gate, uh, to just attack. Uh, whether I was shooting a three, whether it was going to the hole, uh, whether it was defensively, just attack. And, um, you know, that has to be my same, it will be my same mindset going into L.A. as, you know, our job isn't done. We're still facing elimination, and we'll be facing elimination for the rest of this series. So, got to have the same mindset back against the wall. You got to come out fighting. Jeremiah, you've always said that. You're, you can always get your offense whenever, but this off, this offense that you play in suggests that you facilitate two other guys. But during this postseason, you have been a lot more aggressive in the last series and going into this series, trying to look for your shot. What have you seen in this postseason that suggests that you need to be more aggressive and shoot more? Just how teams are keying on Steph and Clay. Um, you know, they're really doing all that they can, selling out to those guys and trying to take them out of the game. And we get paid a lot of money to do this. So you can't just sit back and watch them like, oh, man, they're taking them out and just sit back and watch. You got to do something about it. And so for me, you know, I know it's on me to have that same aggression. And Andrew Wiggins as well. Wiggs was aggressive as hell tonight. And, you know, when they're guarding those guys the way they've been guarding them, we have to come out with that aggressiveness. And I think we did a, a really good job of it tonight and have to take the show on the road. You guys would be kind of considered more anti-pick and roll than, you know, most of the league. Um, obviously, this matchup has dictated you run a lot more of that. Um, how do you strike the balance of, of when you guys need, you know, do kind of your traditional stuff compared to when you kind of got to go more pick and roll heavy than maybe you even like to do? Uh, I mean, we just lean on coach. Um, you know, he comes in with a game plan. Uh, his game plan has never failed us up until this point. So if he comes in, he say, hey, we're going heavy pick and roll tonight. That's what we're doing. If he comes in and say, yo, we're going back more to our regular sets, that's what we're doing. And we trust um, his adjustments. He's one of the best ever at making uh, playoff adjustments. And so for us, it's all about taking what the defense gives you and what's working. And, you know, um, we found some success there. So you don't want to necessarily go away from it and just keep on using the things that we've been using until they're able to stop it. To your point about the Lakers selling out to stop Steph, I mean, the Kings did that to some extent, and he took 38 shots, scored 50 points in Game 7. Last two games, he hasn't shot that well from three, but he's got 22 assists, particularly sort of creative assists sometimes. I'm curious about your thoughts on the impact of his passing and how that's sort of controlled the pace of these last two games. Well, he's been uh, incredible passers forever. Um, you know, his his shot and the way he scores the ball is so incredible that that kind of just goes by the wayside as far as getting acknowledgement. Uh, but we know he's capable of passing the ball, and, you know, he's been finding guys. And, you know, if he gets past one defender, they're sending four. And they're not just sending a help, man. They're sending all four guys. And, you know, he's always a willing passer. He's been making the pass, and guys have been aggressive in either getting layups, getting to the rim, or, or knocking shots down. And, um, you know, he's just been controlling the, te the, the, the pace and the tempo of the game, getting it to where 
he wants it. When he wants to sped up, he's speeding it up. When he wants to slow it down, he's slowing it down. And um, we're going to need him to continue to do that these next two. What did you think of Andrew tonight? He was great. Uh, super incredible. Um, super aggressive on on the offensive side. And, you know, it's what we need from him. Uh, he is sometimes our second scorer, sometimes our third scorer, depending on the night. And we, we always need that aggressiveness. I also thought his aggressiveness on the defensive side of the ball was great as well. He met force with force, put up a lot of resistance. And two-way wigs. When he's playing like that, we're very tough to beat. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins, tremendous tonight. Two-way wigs indeed, and in particular on the offensive side. I mean, he was bouncy and spry and aggressive and attacking and shot-making, which is something the Warriors need. He was flying around. He was looking to rebound the ball, seven boards for Andrew Wiggins. And, and really, I mean, everybody for the Warriors just put a forceful imprint on the game, from Wiggins to GP2. And how great has GP2 been? I know we had a Comcast business text line note here uh, you know, can we talk more about GP2 from the 415? And, yeah, I mean, I think he definitely deserves it. And, you know, I was somebody going back to the trade deadline that thought, hey, uh, you know, the Warriors gave up a lot for the prospect of Gary Payton II being able to maybe help them win and make a playoff run because you didn't know if he was going to be healthy and he's got a couple years left on his deal and – He's been injury prone to the tune of, you know, how much can he contribute in the next few years? I think that's something that that could potentially be concerning. The Warriors said, no, 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 none of that. Uh, We've done our due diligence. We think he's going to be healthy. And as Steve Kerr mentioned and and Draymond echoed, game changer. Game changer both ways, really, in this series. I mean, he, he scored the ball enough in the last couple of games to help the Warriors. But defensively, hustle, he sets a tone and has been a big part of the reason why the Warriors have played so much better in these last two games collectively. As Draymond mentioned, didn't finish game four, but got to go back down there, try to do a lot of the things you did well. No panic from the Warriors, down 3-1. They took the things that they did well, and they applied them to the game tonight, and they got bigger contributions from everyone. Wiggins, along with Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Kevon Looney, and others, and they wind up winning the game with much more offensive flow, 121 to 106. All right, back to the phones quickly here on 95.7 The Game before we hear from Andrew Wiggins as well. And on the phones, we go to Chris and San Leandro here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Chris. What's up, J.D.? What a great win. Uh, There's a few uh, boxes that were checked. Uh, Wiggins has to be the second-best player on the team. He did that. Uh, Draymond was uh, offensively aggressive. He did that. Um, Clay, Clay, we know this uh, throughout his whole, his whole career. He's a super streaky, so I'm still positive that when that fuse is lit, he's going to be incendiary. I have a question for you, though. Do you think Stephen Curry has to have that Game 4 Boston game, that Game 7 Kings game here in Game 6 for us to win? It would help. <laughs> it, would, it, it would sure help. I mean, the one thing that's left – unchecked tonight, and I think it is a good thing that the Warriors were able to win without Steph having to do that. Uh, But I I think if Steph does that, the Warriors are going to win this series. If if he does that in Game 6, if Clay has one of those epic Game 6s, and that was kind of the thing I was thinking as this game was unfolding, I thought, and the Warriors were so hot from 3, I thought, well, you don't want this to be the game where the Warriors have the hot 3-point shooting game at the expense of 
maybe needing it in a game six. And of course, you got to survive and you take game six at, at its at its value. But I think the Warriors, when it was all said and done tonight, were able to win with a much better offensive performance and much more contributors. But they still, you know, they need to have one of the hotter three-point shooting games on the road. And if that means Steph goes off, great. If that means Clay goes off, great. Uh, I, I do think they're going to need somebody in the road game. I think we've seen how they can win home games. Right, We've seen in Game 5 how they can win home games. There's just more flow, more energy, more pace, more juice. The role players and maybe even some of the, the regular players are able to play better at home. I think that's something the Warriors have had when they've played here in, in inside Chase Center in this series. On the road, it's just been much more of a slog. They've had fewer players play well offensively. And so if there was a game where you need Steph or Clay to have a legendary-type performance to win and, and to maybe, you know, keep a team at bay at the level that they weren't able to do in, in game four when they had a lead but never quite could could extend it to a point where you really put the Lakers in a, in a big-time vulnerable position. Game six is the, is the night for that game. Now, I'm not saying it has to be 50, I'm, but I'm not even saying it has to be game four, but it has to be in that category. It could be 37, but a really super efficient with a couple of daggers 37. I'm not saying it has to be game six, Clay, make 11 three-pointers. But, you know, Clay Thompson needs to, you know, if Clay Thompson could make six or seven three-pointers on on Friday night, that would be a big-time help. Uh, and so, no, I don't want to put it in a box and say you absolutely have to have it. The Warriors damn near won game four without it. And they were in a pretty good position for almost the whole first half in game three without it. But I, I think there are different ways they can win game seven without it I'm not sure about game six and I laid that out earlier today I've kind of reiterated it at a couple of different points the fact that that this team's going to have to be able to score at at a high level more than they've been able to to this point on the road and however they do it is however they do it but I think the best opportunity to do it is to have Steph and or Clay just have a hot shooting nuclear type performance and you play buttoned up and you do all of that. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and hear a little bit from Andrew Wiggins uh, as he had his best game, not only of this series, but of the playoffs, and really in the last three months since Steve his last has, game has before. Mentioned- yeah, his last game before he went out and took the, the leave of absence toward the end of the year. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's hand it back to Janie McCauley. Hey, Janie. Steve has, has mentioned in, in recent weeks just how much – your defense, good, stingy, strong defense by everybody leads to great chances on the offensive end. And how much was that a key in this game? I mean, you and, and Draymond just, you know, taking it to those guys and, and, and Gary too. I mean, it's a focus. You know, <clears throat> you lock in, you know, you play good defense, you know, you're going to give yourself a, you know, a great chance to win the game and, you know, take control of the game. You know, Lakers have a lot of, you know, great talent. You know, but we just got to make it hard for him. You know, keep doing that. When you rewatched the last game, I mean, did you feel you weren't as aggressive as offensively as you should have been? For sure. You know, I felt at times I definitely could have been more aggressive. You know, just looking for my shot more, especially looking to just get downhill, whether it's to score, or create. This has turned in for you guys a pretty heavy pick and roll series. Included, you know, obviously they put Davis on you, so you're the screener some of the times. Um, what's it like, just? Uh, I don't know, how, how different is your offensive role in the series, and are you kind of figuring that out? 
Yeah, you know, that's, it's the playoffs. You know, every every game is going to be different. Every series is going to be different. And I feel like the good thing about this team is that we have a bunch of versatile players that can, you know, do a lot of different things, whether it's screening and diving, you know, popping out, finishing around the rim, shooting. You know, I feel like we have a very versatile team. And Andrew, everybody talks about Gary's, you know, defense, obviously. But he's, he's a really efficient offensive player, too. Uh, how much has he kind of just changed the dynamic of the series when, you know, being inserted into the starting lineup? Uh, he's a game changer. You know, for sure. You know, he's going to make the right, the right plays, the right reads on offense, and his defense speaks for itself. You know, he's a lockdown defender. You know, it doesn't matter who he's guarding, um, he locks in. He's always going to make the right play. You know, he's going to make that open shot around the rim, you know, dunk you, finish. You know, he's talented on both sides. Steph said that he loved that you got up 18 shots, and he said that it was kind of sometimes on your teammates to try to get you the ball and help get you going. Um, you seem like a pretty laid-back guy, but are there ever times during the game where you think, hey, I've got a mismatch, hey, I've got it going, and you have to kind of take demand the ball a little bit? You know, we have a talented team. You know, we have a lot of guys that can, you know, put the ball up and, you know, score the ball. You know, just asserting myself, you know, being aggressive, you know, from the start and, you know, just making my presence, you know. Andrew, you're LeBron's main defender, and it seems like a few times tonight you were trying to push him full court, maybe tire him out. What's the strategy on that, considering you want to be aggressive with him defensively, but you don't want to put him in a position where he's going downhill and compromising the defense? You know, I feel like be aggressive. You know, if I see him taking the ball out, just, you know, pick up. You know, it's a long game, and, you know, even even if I put myself in a bad spot, you know, I trust my teammates behind me to have my back. Do you sense fatigue with him in games? Um, I feel like you never really know. You, you could think he's tired, then the next play he might come down and get a put-back dunk, and, you know, you just never know. Andrew, uh, Steph and, and Clay and Draymond have been down 3-1 before you guys had, were heading into this. What, what kind of tone do they set heading into this that sort of stuck, stuck out, stood out to you? Um, the confidence. You know how confident they are and, you know, encouraging and just making everyone, you know, believe that, you know, we can do this, you know, just day by day, game by game, possession by possession, you know, just giving ourselves a fighting chance. How much did that inspire you? And, and obviously maybe looking at the film, that helped you get more aggressive offensively, but mentally, where, where were you at heading into this? Um, I was locked in, you know, I was locked in. I feel like the whole team was, you know, it was do or die now. You know, so we have nothing to lose but to, you know, fight. You ever been a screener this much in your career? I feel like in the Boston series last year, I was screening a lot too. So do you, I mean, is it, maybe you can go back to that series, but is that different for you? I mean, it's definitely different, but, you know, I don't mind it. You know, I feel like there's another way to get involved in the play and, you know, make something happen. Uh, Andrew, uh, Coach Kerr said this is probably the best game you played since you, you know, came back from your extended absence. Um, do you agree with that? And you know, did it take a little while, maybe just get a rhythm after missing two months? Um, for sure. You know, I feel like it's probably been my best game back. Um, just all around, defensively, offensively, and just doing things. Uh, you know, push forward and you know, get get the win. Hey Andrew, um, is, um, you were out for a while, and since you're back, you're almost like playing every other day. So, how do you feel? Like how your legs are? I feel good. You know, I feel like everyone at this point in the season's all banged up and bruised. Um, you know, but I feel good. And not fresh, but you know, good enough to compete and you know, try to you know, get another title. Good enough. Comp- 
to compete. It was good enough for the Warriors tonight, but bottle it up again, like I mentioned about Draymond Green, and, and get a little of that for Friday night in L.A. The attacking, the defense, the bounciness, the efficiency from two-point range, uh, all there for Andrew Wiggins. And uh, he, one of the many heroes for the Warriors, along with GP and Draymond Green, but can it translate onto the road? That's going to be the question all day long tomorrow right here at 95-7 the game and all day Friday leading up to game six in L.A. and the Warriors' streak of 28 consecutive series with a road playoff win will be on the line. Every single series that Steph Clay and Draymond have played in, they've won at least one road game. And if they can do it again, they're going to set themselves up with a chance to come back from 3-1 down in this series right back at Chase Center on Sunday afternoon. If they don't, they will be eliminated and head into the offseason with certainly uh, a lot of questions to be asked and answered. But uh, that not part of the conversation for tonight. Warriors survive. They win it 121 to 106. Want to thank everybody in our San Francisco studios, beginning with Sterling Bennett. Excellent work by Sterling. Uh, highlights and calls and post-game sound. He's just been coordinating everything. The Twitch and YouTube stream, amazing work from Sterling Bennett. Uh, appreciate him and everybody, again, doing the job here in San Francisco. We'll talk to you Friday from Crypto.com Arena in Southern California. Warriors live at 6 as the Dubs try to stay alive. Once again, Game 6 of the Western Semifinals. We got you covered right here on 95.7 The Game. We'll talk to you then. Fox Sports Radio is coming up next. Warriors win at 121-106 on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.